Hello and welcome to the Big G Show. And for today's topic, we are going to talk about gender inequality. That's right, everybody. It's the battle of the sexes in this booth today. I am here today with my guests, Terrell, Maya, Haley, and Ramaya. I feel so proud of myself now. <laughs> and they're going to assist me today on this controversial topic. Now, this is one of the topics that has been handled with care because it is a very sensitive topic to the public. And a lot of the people, and not only this nation, but worldwide consider this to be a top priority and an ob obstacle to the growth as a human race. Now, before we dig deeper into this behemoth of a problem, we have to define the two key words when it comes to gender equality and girl power. <sighs> the words I'm talking about here are feminism and sexism. Now, no, what is feminism? Well, feminism is the theory of the political, economic, and social equality of the sexes. No. What's sexism? No, tell me what sexism is. Ugh. Well, sexism is the prejudice or discrimination based on sex, especially discrimination against women. Now, these definitions here are very important because we will be referring to these key terms throughout the whole entire podcast. Now, I stumbled across an article dealing with gender inequality in the workplace. Now, for those of you who want to read it, it is on Forbes.com. It's called Tackling the Number One Cause of Gender Inequality at Work, uh, Unequal Pay. Now, uh, the factoid here, women in the United States earn around 79 cents for every dollar that men earn, but this gap is much worse for women in color. Overcoming this is critical for retaining women in the workplace. Randstan's report suggests about half of female workers will leave a job if they learned a male counterpart was making more. Now, this leads to the first issue because you know, you know, the sexes have been debating this number for years, and this is a pretty uh, common statistic. It's really not hard to find. In fact, this would definitely definitely be something that you would find in the majority of gender inequality newspapers and magazines. Um. So, uh. How uh, how do my guests feel uh, about the statistic on the 79-cent margin? I think it's interesting because when I talk to people about this whole women make 79 cents on a man's dollar, um, a lot of people will make the point that, um, that researchers have proven that it's not that for the same job a woman will make less money than a man. The issue is the way... Um, those jobs are distributed between men and women. But that doesn't really make it any better. Um, I was reading on Forbes magazine that... Um, so they did an analysis of um, the highest-paying roles for women and also the highest-paying roles for men and then analyzed that against the percentages of men and women in those roles. So the highest-earning role among females was being um, a CEO but only 6% of CEOs of large U.S. companies are women. And I think that's what the issue is. The issue is that people try to discredit, discredit the whole 79 cents on the dollar thing to say that it's not 
for the same job, which in a lot of ways is true, but it is about the distribution of high paying jobs and that is still an issue. And I agree. I mean, I the only thing I'm kind of confused on is there something that they don't have? Is there is there a mm. um like an inequality? Mm-hmm. What, what, where does it start that they can't yeah. get these high paying jobs? This is one that I I definitely don't have research on and so I'm not I'm not gonna come at this from a place of like of certainty. Um, but I will say there there are a few things I know. Um, one that like having like gone through the school system as a woman and having been told lots of things about uh, about like going to college and finding a job since like early middle school, right? Um, I think a lot of it is just that there's one high paying roles are not um, pushed on women to the same degree that they're pushed on men because I think there's a perception of a lack of accessibility. Um, Do I know that that lack of accessibility actually exists? No, but I will say it does feel like um, it would be a lot harder as a woman to make it to those high paying jobs um, than it seems like it is for men. The other thing is um, there are certain like habits that lots of people have Um, But they've done research to show that when women do it, it discredits them. For example, like um, there's an issue with uh, the register of somebody's voice that women talk in. And so for a really long time, women were um, were ridiculed for speaking in really high voices because it made them sound dumb. Right. So in reaction to that, a lot of women dropped into what's called vocal fry, which is like the very bottom of your register. But then they did. research on that and and they found that like male interviewers and um and job recruiters thought that it made women seem like they were trying too hard and so there definitely are situations where it just feels like you can't win so where do you think this standard is coming from what why do you think that women have to change the way they, they act or they can't just be themselves in the workplace or to get at a higher position of power or wealth why do you, why do you think that well um um i i, I think i can uh, help help out with that so i was having a discussion with my mom we we were in the car every everything was going fine and you know i'm that child i asked my mom about literally everything so I so 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 I asked her and, and I said and I said, uh, Ma, uh, what what do you think about the, uh, the the paying margin for men and women? And she's like, I definitely do think uh, that uh, men do get paid more money, and I really think that's fair to a certain extent. And I was like, What do you mean to a certain extent? And she was like, well, no, you know, usually in interviews, when there's like a margin for, for like money, say for instance, the salary is 50000 all right? And basically the interviewer is like, we're going to pay you that. And the man could be like, oh no, that, that's not going to cut it. We, 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 can't, we can't do that. That's not going to cut it. I want more money. And... He got more money. And, you know, 
that's just not fair. And, and, and you know, I asked her, I said, well, did you think about uh, trying to demand more money? And she was like, no. And I was like, well, how would you necessarily know if you don't try? Then you're just beating a dead horse because you're not asking for anything. You're not demanding for anything. When you sit here, look, when you sit in the interview, right, the interviewer is, is going to look at you like, okay, like take, take a teacher for uh, example, right? You're sitting in the interview, it's either the principal or the counselor, and the principal is, is, not, is not necessarily worried about if you're a man or a woman. She's going to ask you questions like, well, are you qualified? Do you love children? What degrees do you have? What experience do you have? Have you worked here before? Have you volunteered? And they go off of that. Well, what's interesting is like, yes, that's true. But mm -hmm. I also think in conversations about interviews and about who gets what job it comes down to implicit bias, mm -hmm. um, which... Uh, and I was just in dialogue with someone about this. I recognize that implicit bias is one, not something that goes over way that goes away overnight, and two, not something that you ever really remove yourself from. But um, when you're talking about how they the interviewer doesn't sit there and and think, have the explicit thought, oh, this is a woman, this person is less qualified, right? That's not an explicit thought that interviewers have, or at least that's not mm -hmm. the point I'm trying to make. Um, but that doesn't mean that take the issue of of races, right? Mm -hmm. I feel like, and I wonder if the other two women in this room have the same um, experience, but I sometimes feel like I can't ask for things that might result in conflict because then I contribute to this idea. Like, I don't get to be demanding because then I'm a bitch. Mm. Or then you seem like you're being needy. Right. Or you're always in need of something. Yeah. And it feels like you're begging for things and, like, you're asking for more than you really deserve. And I or think... Can handle. Right. Um, and I think there ends up being the situation where women are put in a place where they are pressured into not asking for things and not demanding things because it contributes into a larger stereotype um, mm -hmm. of of negative things about women. I, uh, I came across uh, this article um, from the International Labor Organization, uh, Gender Equality in the Workplace, and it was saying uh, equality uh, in pay has improved in the U.S. since 1979 when women earned about 62% as much as men. And then in 2010, American women on average earned 81% of what their male counterparts earned. Now, that I, I think the problem is that they should be, women should be earning not 81% mm -hmm. or something like that. They should be earning the exact same amount. Yeah, it should be a one-to-one -one ratio. It shouldn't mm -hmm. have to be... I think just because, like, there's progress that's been made, that doesn't mean we're there. Right. Mm -hmm. Progress is not the same as a solution. Right. Um, like, have we made tremendous strides? Absolutely. You know, mm -hmm. like, at some point, women didn't have the right to vote. And, like, 
Mm-hmm. Of course we have made progress, but mm-hmm. making progress is not the same as having equality. And, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I think another issue, like what you said about voting, who decides if a woman gets to vote? Men do. Men. Mm-hmm. And I think that's another problem, how how women can't make their own choices in, let's say, the workplace, mm-hmm. at home. Or just they can't make their own decisions. Men have to decide. You have to have that one progressive guy who has to decide if women can have equal this, this, or that. Because well, there's, a, there's a power structure mm-hmm. in which men are put in a position where they get to give women rights. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, unfortunately, just kind of is what it is, right? Third wave uh, feminists uh, have this tendency to over-exaggerate how rights for women have gotten worse. We don't necessarily talk enough about the progressions as much as we do the bad. And... Um, you know, they, they claim that women are, are, are still facing prejudice uh, towards them when, in fact, you know, things are improving and, you know, opportunities for women in this country uh, are through the roof. Now, do you agree that society has improved on women progression since the 1970s? And if not, what can we do as a society to improve on it? So, Noel, you're like you're a journalist, right? You consider yourself like a journalist. No. No. Okay. (laughs) Well, I'm a journalist, and that means that I can't look at the world with, like, I can't look at the world and just see the positive. Like, you know, I try to be grateful, but Mm -hmm. if you're an activist, it's not about, like, being grateful. It's not like me as a woman, I'm going to be like, oh, yay, we improved, like, three cents. So, um, like, it's all good now. Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. I have to, as a journalist and as an activist, I have to look at what's wrong. And just because we're improving doesn't mean that we're there. Yeah, and also, it's not really fair. Okay, a couple of things. Um, one, the way you phrase your question, right? Do you agree that society has improved on women's progression since the 1970s? Mm-hmm. Yes. But your next question is, if not, what can we do as a society to improve on it? But those things are not... It's not like it's one or the other. Like, yes, we have improved. Mm-hmm. So I think and as a society, we have room to grow. And it's not really fair to ask people who are still facing prejudice to, like, to stop asking for progress and to simply go thank you. Well, like, I, I, get, I-, I get both of your points. And, I mean, it's the same case with race. You yes. know? It's, it's the civil rights. Okay, you you have people saying you've got your rights. How come you keep on? How come you keep complaining? Or how come you keep complaining? How come you keep going on and on? You've got what you want. You can vote. You can get a job. You can do all this. And it's the same argument with women. Right. I think it's more so of like uh. a systematic way. I think that it's not more so society opening up and just you know thinking of this whole way of like people are equal. Let this be through race or gender, but I think it's the opportunities that females themselves open up for themselves because, like, I feel like we have to put ourselves out there versus the opportunities that are just always given mm-hmm. to men. And so, although we may have to work a little harder or we may have to put in a little more effort, I just don't think it's fair because although all this progress may be being made, this amount of effort that is still having to be put in is not it's not fair so, it's not balanced so the right to 100 percent equal pay the right to mm-hmm. be like 50 percent of congress 50 percent of like all the power structures mm-hmm. here that's 
a right that you're born with, not mm-hmm. a privilege that like people are giving to us. Right. If that makes sense. But unfortunately, that's how it's presented. Right. And not only is it how it's presented, unfortunately, that's just reality. Like, mm-hmm. um, do we have a, a, a theoretical right to equal pay? Sure, we do. Um, and also, it is unfortunately a privilege that is given to us to earn the same pay for the same job. Well, I agree with what you guys are saying. But then, however, we as a society are ignoring things that some, that, no, not somewhat, we ignore things that exist and we acknowledge things that don't. So you're saying, you're saying the argument, you're saying that things will never be good enough for third wave feminists? Can you just be like more specific? And not just feminists. Yeah. No. Okay. Yeah, because like I agree with you and there are lots of relevant points that I would make. I I also have quite a few issues with the way third wave feminists present themselves Mm because I think I, I do agree with you that there there are whole sectors. Because I must, I, I I mean, I identify as a feminist. I believe yeah, that women I and men should, you know, be equal and that, you know, we should all have equal rights. But there there is an extreme, just like on the right, just like on the left. Yeah. There is an extreme. Mm-hmm. I also think there, there are just whole parts that get ignored. Like, I call myself a feminist because I believe that men and women should be equal. But I also think that there are things that don't get talked about, like mm-hmm. the fact that Hold up, I have statistics. Um, men, okay, so according to some a study that was done at the University of, Michi- of Michigan, uh, men receive 63% longer sentences on average than women do. Women are twice as likely to avoid incarceration if they're convicted. Um, there, there's also been research to prove that um, custody courts are, ve- are yes. anti-father as yes. far as like how they distribute... Mm-hmm rights to child uh-huh. like i call myself a feminist and i do believe that those are issues we should be talking about so when you're talking about mm-hmm. how there are whole sectors of things that get ignored that's true mm-hmm. it's on both um, sides it's yeah not i well, mean it is but like uh i think we need you to be a little more specific okay we're talk well about. all right well as regards to uh the in the workplace women um in the same article Women are 50% more likely to work in the public sector. Women surpass men on education attainment among those employed age 25 and and over. 37.1% of women hold at least a bachelor's degree compared to 34.9% for men. And in 2010, there were approximately 65 million women in the labor force, and 53% of those women were concentrated in three industries, education and health services, trade, transportation, and utilities, and local government. Now, I bring this up simply due to the fact that the statistic is, I'm not just reading it to be reading it, like it's seen in everyday life. Like it's like it's like you you walk into a school building. It's like it's like you know, women. You know, most women you know are nurses. You know, it it, it it's like, and lo, lo, local go, lo, like like in in the government now. Like we we just experienced 
women just now, you know, they're voting in. You Finally know. hitting one fifth of Congress, yeah, it's, right? It's like five hundred total, and we it's we like, hit one hundred. It's like it's. But women make up fifty fifty of the American people, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely a there's definitely a problem with um, representation, and mm-hmm. I, I don't know where it's coming from. Where women, and it, it's probably at the household where it starts, where women feel this need to go into, you know, education or local government mm-hmm. and transportation and utilities, and I, I think that that mindset starts it doesn't start yeah it starts at the household and it starts in school as well i think it starts on an individual basis Mm -hmm. and i think that's something that people don't realize they have to actively unlearn Mm -hmm. because i think a lot of times that it's not an issue of people who are actively saying like not in our not in our like first world urban setting right and our first world urban setting Mm -hmm. um it's definitely something that people have to keep in mind that they need to keep on learning. That, that we have to keep reminding ourselves that women, the mindsets that keep women in those places are just that mindsets and not intentional. Hello, it's your host, Noel Green, the Big G, and I would like to thank you for listening to this podcast. I would like to tell all my viewers, first of all, Happy New Year, Happy 2019. For more of this content, you can go to SoundCloud, iTunes, or Vox ATL. And if you like controversial topics and you like to laugh, get your seats ready, because this year in 2019, Noel is ready to get his hands dirty. So remember, stay tuned, be safe, peace out.